Hello and welcome to Conference in Review. I'm Dana. And I'm Derek. Today we are going to actually just old school go over talk. Mm-hmm. Um, a framework for personal revelation. We actually got, uh, discussed this about two weeks ago in yeah. Relief Sighting Sunday School. And I was so touched by that lesson that I thought, I just want to just do that talk. And it's a really good one. Yeah, and uh, we were going to do it last week. You might notice we missed a week. It wasn't because of Thanksgiving. It was because I was sick. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like my voice still isn't quite normal, but I think it sounds better. Um, but last week, man, I could barely talk at all. It was it was a nasty cold. It was not COVID, but... That's how I spent my Thanksgiving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's talk about a framework for personal revelation by Elder Dale G. Renlund. Yeah. Take it away, Derek. Well, he he puts it into four elements of personal revelation and and talks about each one. And the first one uh, is the scriptures, and I, you know, I'd heard the quote many times, but I'd forgotten who said it. But I guess it's Robert D. Hills that said, "When you want to speak to God, we pray, and when we want Him to speak to us, we search the scriptures." And I've tried to use that, and I've given that to our kids, and many times that in the scriptures we can receive that personal revelation and i've i've had experiences with that myself and um when we talked about this in in priesthood there were several people that shared experiences um it's a it's a key to gaining how missionaries teach the gospel they you know the the one of the first commitments is to read the book of mormon and pray about it and get an answer for yourself. And so, based on that, we can continue to build that and grow and and increase in personal revelation. I think it's something that we'll always be working at throughout our entire life. I felt that this talk was very appropriate this moment in time when a lot of people are confused and they always we always talk about receiving revelation and especially young people like well how do i know if it's me or the spirit and we hear that a lot and i like how he puts this in a framework now when they taught it to us in relief society she did this cute little thing where she drew um, four frames Mm. she drew four like cute little picture frames on the chalkboard i don't that's not the framework actually it was a cute little visual but in my mind, I think it's more of like the skeleton, like a building. The framing, is that mm. what it's called when you put up the yeah. structure of mm-hmm. a building? That oftentimes it's so hard to describe to someone that it's nice that he put it in something basic like this that I feel is a great it's a great structure for especially young testimonies or testimonies that are I think it's it's funny to say young testimonies and that's true but 
when I say young testimonies, I don't necessarily mean young as in age, although that is very true. Because you could be like 50 or 60 years old and you're just learning the gospel and yep. you're, you're building your testimony. Or maybe you've been away from the church for a long time and you're re rebuilding that. Uh, that's what I mean by young. I mean kind of new testimonies. Not, yeah. I guess young is sounds kind of um, condescending, I guess. Yeah. I, I, of course, I think of my kids, but if you are older and you're, you're nurturing that for the first time, maybe ever, then it would be more new than young. Unless you like being called young, but... <laughs> Yeah, so that first element was the scriptures. And yeah. I like what you said about, you know, he talks to us through the scriptures. And he gives, a, you know, he talks mm -hmm. about a few different things that you, you have to pray for things. You can't just pray for anything. You can't pray for a Lamborghini. I guess, you know, in the right situation, maybe. But um, we need to pray for things that are right and good, not ask amiss that promote our own agenda. Um, as I was thinking about it, you know, the times when I sincerely am praying, sincerely need His help, sincerely, there's times when I pray and I'm half-hearted. And I usually don't get much of an answer. The times when I pray, believing, sincerely needing His help, I get genuine answers. Yeah. I tend to be forgetful. You know, sometimes there's something on my mind. Mm -hmm. And then when I get down to pray, I forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. I we know we've talked about that before. Um, the second element is praying in our own stewardship. Is that what it says? The framework is that we perceive, receive personal revelation only within our purview and not within the pejorative, prerogative, prerogative of other, mm -hmm. pejorative. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a big word with the P. Mm -hmm. And he talks, he gives a little story of a man who got arrested and he calls him up and he said, well, I got revelation that there's further scripture here. And he wanted Elder Renlund to pray about it and he wouldn't do it because he, he already... He already said, it's not within your purview. I'm not going to pray about it when I already know that's not been revealed to you. Yeah. And that's one that I think, I, I think a young, here I go again, young testimony. I, even anybody could be deceived by that. I mean, you may have been a member for a long time. I have a strong testimony and you can be deceived by that by thinking, well, yeah, I've been told to pray about things. So why don't I pray about it? But I guess Elder Renlin had such a testimony already of the prophet being, I don't know who he was at the time. I assume maybe it was Russell Nelson. Maybe it was, I don't know, President Hinckley. Who knows? Mm. And he already had a testimony of the prophet, so he did not feel that it was necessary for him to pray about it because he already knows who the prophet of the church is. Why would he second-guess this? And I guess that's a way to kind of be... Um, Oh, be clear in your testimony as your personal revelation to keep things simple. Well, and, and it's it's in your own purview. So you, as a father, you can 
you know, receive some revelation for your family. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, he gives an example, a good example of Hiram Page, who was one of the eight witnesses, and he was claiming to receive revelation for the church. They didn't, you know, I don't think they understood that. They didn't have everything laid out so well like we do today. And he thought, well, you know, he's praying and receiving and thought he should be guided by the church. And that's when the Lord revealed it's uh, when it's for the whole church, it's just through the prophet. Yeah. And so that that was that confusion was was fixed. And so when he talks about your purview, you're receiving revelation in your life, but not for the church or for your ward or, you know, if you're a bishop, you could receive revelation. Yeah, I guess if one of our kids, like if Ryan said, I've had revelation that we should all move to Georgia, we probably would not pray about that. But he's like, Ryan, this is not in your purview. Yeah. You know, when you graduate, because you're about graduated, you know, you feel free to move to Georgia if you feel it, but you don't get revelation yeah. for our family that falls under the parents, you know. Yep. So I, I guess that's a way to look at it, that that's only within. But that is one that I think a lot of people do get tripped up on. Um, we had someone talking about how, well, this might fit in later, but how they say, well, I had revelation that you are not entitled to your own revelation. And she's like, what? (laughs) Somebody told me that. I can't remember where. That might have been in Relief Society. (laughs) Well, I'm not sharing who that was because I don't remember. But uh, I know I don't like to put things on here unless I've had permission to use them. So maybe I'll edit that out. Maybe I won't. I don't know. (laughs) We don't know who that was. But people get deceived because someone in authority, especially, and, and, you know, we're all human, but it really is, you know, when you have a a leader over your youth and they, they sometimes are misguided, that's, that's hard. Yeah. That's why hopefully the parents are on the right track and yeah, let's go to the third element. Yeah. The third element is that personal revelation will be in harmony with the commandments of God and the covenants we have made with him. This means you're not going to receive revelation to not go to church anymore, or, you know, that you need to start your own church. Or and this is a hard one for some people because they, they're like, well, what if the church isn't true? What if I get revelation that the church isn't true? And I haven't heard that very often, but I do sometimes, I have heard of people who say, well, I prayed to God and he said it's okay for me to pursue this whatever lifestyle. I think sometimes that might happen when you're wearying him. That will go with the next one, actually. Like Joseph Smith, wearying the Lord by saying, oh, can I do this? Can I do this? So I said, no, I've already said no. Finally, it's like, well, you do what you're going to do, but you know what I have to say about it. I know that happens as a parent sometimes when they want to do something so bad and you've said no. And sometimes they go ahead and they do it anyway. And there's consequences to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
he gives an example of you know someone saying a prayer Heavenly Father church is boring um, I get more in the mountains and the beaches can I please skip sacrament meetings and have my own study out in the woods and we already know what the Lord has asked us on that so when you're praying to get a different answer than an answer that's already been given I think that's what he's talking about there's mm -hmm. there's established things in place we have we talked about this I think we talked about this last time that we don't yeah. go to church to be babied we go to church to serve yeah, and you don't, care for others yeah you don't go to church for yourself I mean you go I go to church to be edified and to learn things. Yeah, but it's mostly so that you can edify and teach things. And teaching, not necessarily like I'm the teacher of the class. I mean, you may be, not be the teacher of the class, but maybe you participate. You say hello to someone. It's for what you can do for the other. It's about the other people. Well, and, and part of it is that um, I think of uh, Elder Holland's talk when he says the Lord has to deal with a lot of, I don't know how he words it, dumb people. Yeah, very <laughs> imperfect. And very imperfect people. We're all he's got and to work with. All, yes, it was. it's funny how he worded it. We don't go to church to have the perfect scenario and have everybody fit in perfectly. There's... Uh, going to be imperfections and people are going to say things that offend being able to overcome those things and forgive and be forgiven to serve others and and help those those are hard things to learn mm -hmm. going up in the mountains by yourself you don't get any of those experience you don't you aren't a benefit to the lord or anyone else yeah, when you do that, it's all about yourself. It doesn't do anything. Sure. I think there's a reason why the Lord made us social animals. You know, you think about how we've learned this a lot, like through the pandemic, of how we are. Okay, so you look at little and you look at animals, and you're like, okay, the rhinoceros is a solitary animal, or I think the the jaguar, not the jaguar, the cheetah is a solitary animal they don't live in packs or whatever they don't live with other animals but wolves are a social animal and and elephants are social animals and i think the pandemic really opened up our eyes to how we really are social animals we even if you're a loner you still need people I, my dad has always been a lot of a loner he doesn't like he's very antisocial. but when my mom would go and visit her mother in Oregon and she'd go for like a month or so. He would just call me up. It so it was so weird. My dad was never like this. Mm -hmm. And he would just call me up and say, you can just come by if you want. And okay. even if I came over and I was in a different room while he's watching TV and I'm watching TV, it didn't matter. He, it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. He needed another person there. Mm -hmm. And I... It's, I think same with my grandmother when she was sick and in the nursing home. When she lived in our house, she would sit in her room all day, most of the time just watching TV or whatnot, because she couldn't do much. She was in her 90s. But she would let my 
my little niece when she lived with him she would let her just play with her little dolls in the room with her mm-hmm. or she she did so much better being in the house even if we weren't in the room with her mm-hmm. she liked having the noise around her especially when my brother's brother and his kids lived there it it was comforting and that's one thing that i know that living in a nursing home doesn't get sometimes because you it's not your people, but that was one thing that I think COVID taught us is that we need each other. And Heavenly Father has built that into the plan. And that's why we have churches. That's why we go. Because when we're going up into the mountains, it's like, it's, it's just for you. Mm -hmm. And it really is not doing the whole job. It's doing half of the job. Like when you had, you ask your kid to do the dishes and they only do half of them. It's like, well, I appreciate it, but I need all of them done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'd get off topic there, but maybe a little too carried away. Another thing when you were saying is the Lord works with imperfect people. It, I got a flashback to that movie Apollo 13, which is based off of the real Apollo 13. I don't, mm. there's a scene there where, so you know, that if you don't know the story, and I'll go ahead and spoil it for you because it's a true story, is that there something something blew when they were out there and they're out in space and something went wrong and they had to repair the ship but they're out there in space near the moon and they only have limited materials and one of the guy comes out there and he has square these square materials and he has these round materials because we've got to make this fit into this mm. and they had to figure out how to do that and they got them home working with, they didn't have the right materials. They're stuck up there in space, mm. but they managed to make it work. And I feel like that's how the Lord is with us. It's like, I need these square people to fit into these round holes. We're going to make it. I'm, this is all I got. We're going to make it work and we'll get them home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we go to the next one? Our last one? Yes. Fourth element is to recognize what God has already revealed to you personally while being open to further revelation from Him. So yeah, if we've already received an answer to prayer, then um, He's not going to answer us again. Yeah. I often wonder, because they use the example of Joseph Smith in the 116 pages, how God said no for the first few times until finally he said, do what you're going to do. And I always wonder sometimes people who I've heard people say, I've had revelation about this, or I feel good about this, or I've been praying about this and this is what I'm going to do. And it's something obviously contrary to the the gospel. And I wonder sometimes if, you know, because I don't want to invalidate their feelings because sometimes you're very emotional. It's something you really want, something that I wonder sometimes if God's just said no and then they just let them because they're like, you know what? Do what you're going to do. Yeah, i sure. I, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I prayed a lot about my first marriage, and there were many times I felt very strongly I needed to stay. And I also... I wasn't really praying about it for the time to go. It was just something happened, and then I felt that it was okay to go. But um, I, I just wonder. I don't know. I, I think there's 
God may give you answers and maybe you're so focused on what you want or don't want sure. that he lets you do what you want or don't want to do. All the time. So I I don't think that God's the kind of person where he, he's not going to infringe on your agency. And if you're feeling very strong about this, I I don't know. Yeah. It's it's such a tough one, you know, personal re- it's one of those things, revelation and a testimony. It's one of those things that you know, you can only achieve it one, one individually. Mm-hmm. And you can testify all you want till you're blue in the face. You can't do anything until that individual chooses to or feels those things. Yeah. It reminds me uh, I, I've seen so many movies, oh gosh. Another movie that was popular in the 90s was um, Contact with Jodie Foster. Mm. And she was, um, she saw something that she knew she saw and no one believed her and she had no proof. And I think she finally realized by, because I think there was someone who was, I think her boyfriend like had, had, was like believed in God and she didn't Mm. believe in God. And it was kind of, she was in the same, same position where, she knew something was true. She couldn't prove it. Mm. And that's kind of how your testimony is. You can know. It is possible to know something is true and not be able to prove it because you can't prove it until that person has that same experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all know. I mean, uh, people, you can have mir- miracles don't come to people who don't believe because they'll see it and they won't, they won't see it as a miracle. Yeah. He, in the Book of Mormon, Jacob says, Seek not to counsel the Lord, but to take counsel from his hand. For he counseleth in wisdom. Yeah. So that's part of being humble, is being willing to hear the counsel from the Lord. If, if you're so convinced about what you're doing, I don't think you're going to get that counsel from... Yeah. From the Lord, unless you humbly ask for that guidance. And personal revelation, I feel like it's always, it's like tuning in a radio. And I don't know that we really get that in our radios. Like in the car where I just push a button and it seeks and it will automatically tune into things. Yeah. These digital ones, it's really more like those old ones where you turn the dial. Mm-hmm. And you really had to have some finesse in trying to turn, tune it in and get the clearest sound. And often I feel like that's how it is receiving revelation is that it's that fine tuning where you hear it a little bit through the fuzz and you can hear a little clearer mm-hmm. and it's constantly. And then sometimes you'll feel like it's not quite right. You twist it a little more. I feel like it's always like that. We're always tuning to hear on the clearest frequency. Yeah. That's always, yeah. And it gets, I think um, as you keep exercising, um, you're praying to Heavenly Father and listening, you do get better at it, just like anything else. The more you practice at it, you will get better. And sometimes you put it down for a while and you need to pick it back up again. Yep. And continually be practicing and working on that relationship. Yeah. So this was um, a really fun talk to discuss. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> we don't have anything picked out for next week. No. Nope. But um, just enjoy. We just enjoy discussing these talks. Yeah. 
Mm. They're really good to yeah. review. So we hope that you enjoy it and, uh, you know, you're able to get personal revelation and hope you follow the prophet. Mm -hmm.